Hello everyone, my name is Jon and you are very welcome to the Vineyard Nordic podcast. The Vineyard Nordic podcast is the best way to stay up to date with the latest news and inspiring stories relating to how God is at work in the Vineyard Nordic community. We had some construction guys working in our house and there's been this young guy and suddenly one day he complained about his back and at that season I didn't want to pray for people so I just left. But then God really convicted me, like, you have to go back. I'm like, so I turned around, went back into the room where he was and said, like, hey, by the way, I believe in healing through prayer. I'm a Christian. Can I pray for you back? And I got to pray for him. And uh, the day after he came back and he said, like, you know, when you pray for my back, I have no more pain. Today, I'm very happy to speak to Otsindre Alnes. Otsindre is married to Trine Hege and together they have three kids. They also serve as the pastors of Downtown Vineyard in Ålesund, Norway. In this episode, we're talking on the theme of living out your faith in your everyday life. Otsindre shares very personal stories from his own journey of becoming a Christian, getting that hunger for God and to reach out to the people on the streets. He shares inspiring stories of how God has healed his colleague and other people but he also shares about those moments in life where you know we just don't feel like doing anything this is an inspiring and very honest conversation and i'm really happy for having otsindre in this episode so let's kick this episode off so otsindre very welcome to this podcast good to have you here it's the fifth episode and we have the honor of having you as a guest how are you doing today Thank you so much for having me here. I'm doing very well today, actually. It's good weather here in Olsen. The summer is still here, so it's all good. So how, how has your summer been then? Summer has been very good. We have actually had a lot of good weather on the West Coast. Uh, I had three weeks with my family, where the first week we finished painting our house on outside. And then we took 10 days with our caravan and drove a bit around in Norway and visited some of my family and some of uh, Trine Hege's uh, family. And then the last week we were in Ålesund and just enjoyed the areas around here and did some fishing and yeah, swimming and yeah, had a good time as a family. That's really good. Norway is a really beautiful place to be and it's a lot of things to see. If you would describe yourself with three words, how would you describe yourself? <laughs> <That's> a good <laughs> question. <laughs> <clears throat> calm, uh, positive, and um, bold. That's good. Calm, positive, and bold. Can you share something around those words? Or Yeah, I think uh, the boldness for sure comes from God because uh, originally I'm very bold. I'm uh, quite shy, actually, and wants to just hide, kind of. <laughs> yeah. But uh, calm, I like to relax, actually. I enjoy relaxing. That kind of makes me calm. And then um, positive, I think also uh, is some fruits which God has given me in the last years. Yeah, but I'm, I'm kind of actually always been kind of haven't worried too much actually about life. And yeah, that's good. And for the listeners that don't know you shortly, what are you doing right now in life? Yeah, I'm married to Trine Hege. And I have uh, three boys. Two of them are, uh, the oldest are twins. They're turning seven now in a few weeks. And then the youngest is three years old. And uh, I work in a shipyard as a project planner. I do that as a 100% position. Yeah. Then I'm also pastor of Downtown Vineyard. 
Yeah, I think it sounds like you're busy. That's my... Uh, but it sounds fun, though. And um, normally in this uh, podcast, we usually do um, some short questions for the guests. And uh, I picked five questions for you. Mm-hmm. And the first question I want to ask you is, what did you want to become as a teenager? Well, actually... Uh, and why? <laughs> and why? <laughs> actually, I had no clue what I wanted to become when I was a teenager. So uh, when I uh, graduated from uh, college, I uh, started at BI, I think it's called, because I actually didn't know what I wanted to do. I think all of us kind of look up to our, not all of us, many of us look up to our fathers. So maybe I thought it would be easiest to go the same way he did, kind of. So uh, eventually I actually ended up there. So (laughs) working almost as the same, I worked in his company for many years. Yeah. Okay. And then I heard this rumor from someone close to you, because I have tried to dig a little bit here. And I want you to tell us about your love for cheese doodles, or as you call them in Norway, Ostepop. Ostepop. You know, it's O-W-L, isn't it? Swedish brand? Yeah, O-L-V, yes. O-L-V, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I I love them always. Yeah. And can you tell uh, us about that love? I heard you have this kind of way of sort them out and you speak about them in terms of vintages and... (laughs) Yeah, actually, it's like, because when you buy a package, like very often they have like a bit different kind of crunch and a bit different tastes, actually. So when I buy them, it's like, oh, this is a good year. And um, we speak about it as wine in our home. Oh, you do that. That's good. Are you also that kind of person who opened the bag like a day before? So they become a little bit more um, soft? Uh, It can be good if they're a little bit soft, but if it too soft I, I don't like him but uh, i i need a bag of cheese tools for the weekend if i forgot to buy for a week and i'm i'm having a hard time for a few minutes but then uh, yeah. <laughs> that is good. that's nice and we jump to next question what what is your definition of leadership my definition of leadership i think it's about going in front to go places where others haven't gone before so they can follow to make it easier for other people to to go a route. I think that's part of being a leader. And uh, for sure to serve. It's about serving the people and encourage people and, and bringing people forward, I think. That's the main thing, maybe, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the last question, what are you dreaming of right now? I am, um, when it comes to the church family and also as a leader and... Um, kind of impact you can have as a leader I, I really dream of people to find what God has placed in them to live their life in a way that they can know that they live on their kind of their what they're created for what they're called for you know because I have experienced this for years now to live a life where I know that God has called me and I enjoy it so much, even though it can be really challenging and and really tough sometimes, but I would never lay down for anything in the world. So what I really dream about is for Christians to find their place in life where they actually can to live their full potential. And um, for sure, also I dream about my family that uh, we will be a family that really lives for, for Jesus full on and that we can be lights, especially now in our new neighborhood and that we can be a difference in this place. So yeah, two things I'm for sure dreaming about. Sounds really good. 
And um, to talk a little bit more about you and your background, and I usually ask what are three happenings or situations in your life that have shaped who you are today? What were the kind of turning points that made those happenings stand out today? Yeah, I have been thinking about this question since you kind of asked me in, in front of this question. And I think the first, I gave my life to Jesus when I was 30 years old. And I would say that for sure was a huge turning point for me. And that's the first point I want to share a little bit about. And um, I was 30 and um, I was kind of lived a life with uh, a lot of partying and good friends and enjoying kind of the world in that sense. But I was coming into a time in my life where I saw that my life didn't lead to anything good. It was like it didn't fulfill me at all. So it was something, an empty hole in me. And so when I was 30, I kind of think I longed for a change in my life, basically. And then um, I met my wife now, I met Trine Hege, uh, New Year's Eve dinner party at my parents' place, actually. <laughs> it was, uh, I think for a lot of people around the table, it was a bit awkward because we were sitting flirting, uh, or maybe I was sitting flirting with Trine Hege <laughs> in front of the whole family. Anyway, I, um, I fell in love with her. And uh, she was different. There was something different with her. And I lived in Oslo at a time. And um, when I was in Oslo uh, some weeks after I met her, I, uh, I was thinking about a lot about like, okay, can I continue to see her, to get to know her? Or should I not do it? Because I, I didn't feel good enough at all. Like our um, history was very different for sure. So um, I didn't feel good enough for her and I was thinking a lot about it. But suddenly then a thought started to be planted in my head and I kind of knew it was Jesus. And he said, like, either you can continue to live the life you live now, but that will go just down the drain for you. Or you can turn around and, and follow me. And this was a thought which was just like going over and over and over in my head for some days in when I was in Oslo. And um, I remember it was a Thursday. I was going to Ålesund that weekend. And on Thursday, I said to Jesus, okay, Jesus, I, um, I have no clue what it means to follow you. But um, if you say what is true, then I will, I will follow you. And I'm fed up by my life and I won't follow you. So I, I did as just to Jesus on my own. And then uh, I went back to Olsen and uh, that Sunday I joined the service at downtown Vineyard. And um, after the sermon, there was a person who stood up and said, I believe there's someone here in the congregation who's just given their life to Jesus, but they haven't told it to anyone. And I believe Jesus wants you to stand up now to show your decision. So it is about in the Bible, like when you believe with your heart. <laughs> and uh, confess with your mouth you know it was like the confession part i believe but i haven't done a confession and i my heart just started to pound really really crazy and then this person said like and now your heart is really pounding <laughs> and i just knew it was me and i stood up and god met me really powerfully like never before and yeah i started crying and it was just so good and then yeah Jesus came into my life. He, he took out my heart of stone and replaced a new heart of flesh. 
because the day after my life was changed, like how I thought, how I behaved, uh, what I wanted, how I was seeing things. It was like extreme transition for me. And this was how many years ago, like 10 years ago? Yeah, or? it's uh, 10 and a half year ago now. Yeah. yeah. So um, the second in my life, it's like, I think that's more like a season kind of, uh, which really transformed me in so many ways. It really have a big impact on the way I live now. And yeah, and that was 2014. And uh, I remember we just got the twins and God started to speak to me about pastoring. I had a few words about this. I responded to that. I felt as in my heart as God has put something on my heart. And also people have given me prophetic words and stuff about it. But God started to really speak to me about pastoring, but I, I had no clue. Like, wh- why, are you, why are you speaking to me about this now, God? Am I going crazy? What What's going on? And then... Um, we knew that there were like challenges in, in downtown Vineyard at that time. And my parents who were pastoring suddenly they were not able to, to continue anymore. And then um, they had suggested uh, some people to take over to Fleming. And then I remember Fleming called me and uh, me and Trine Hagen asked if someone felt a calling to pastoring. That was the question. And then I just looked at Trine Hagen because I just told Trine Hagen about it. No one else. And then she looked at me like, you have to tell Fleming that you experienced this call. So then I responded to the call and then we, we went on thinking about it, praying about it for a couple of months. And then suddenly I, I didn't experience God say anything. And like all this he's been kind of saying to me was just silent. And I started to like, God, oh, this is what you want. And I remember one night I uh, was almost like screaming to God, God, you need to give me an answer now. Like uh, I need confirmation on this. And then after I had this prayer session, I looked at my phone and I got a message from a person who I never get a message from. And he described me as a person with, he didn't say pastor, but he was trying to explain me as a person. And I just like understood as God has given me a lot of talents, which, yeah, I can be a pastor. And I talked to Trineg about it and we said, okay, let's, let's go for this. So we said yes to this. And then uh, it was a very short transition for us to take over. And suddenly we were standing there to lead a church. But it was a church who a lot of people had left and moved. And and some people left when we took over. And I totally understand that. <laughs> we had kind of no experience. We were young. And I almost like felt tricked by God <laughs> afterwards saying yes to this. Because suddenly I was just standing there like, God, I'm pretty sure you called me to this, but you have given me no experience. You have given me no teachings about this. Like, I know nothing, basically. You need to help me now. Like, yeah, what am I going to do? And I just like cried out for help. And then kind of the same way as when I, uh, when God spoke to me before I gave my life to Jesus, he started to plant two words in my head this time. That was seek me. And it just like for some days, it was just like, going around and i'm like okay god i'm gonna seek you i'm like the way i've been seeking you is just like very part-time but i'm now really gonna seek you and i'm gonna put away everything in my life which doesn't matter like movies series film uh sports like everything which like i felt i didn't need at that time so i just start spending all my time to read the bible to pray to him to listen and 
and just ask for help and listen to sermons and yeah, just spending all my time there. And then um, in this season, then God did a lot of stuff in me. I it was like kind of was I was really getting a revelation about the importance of relationship with Jesus and 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 how important that is. And you know, like this Bible verses, go into your room and lock the door and and see God when nobody sees you, you know, and then He will reward you in openly. And I started to believe this, that actually, like when I seek Him, He will do something in me. And and this is something who's been following me since then. Every time I go into my room and seek Him, I am the, the clay, and He is just forming me. He's just doing this stuff because He is a Father. He wants to speak. And Jesus is our brother and he wants to speak. And the Holy Spirit is our friend and he wants to speak. You know, and you said, like, like you asked me earlier, like, what do you like to do when you relax? And I said, do nothing. But actually, what I like to do is just because when I do nothing and lay down, that's the moments where I'm just listening to God, you know, and just hear him speak to me as a son and putting dreams into me and longings into me. And, and suddenly I start experiencing such a longing for praying for people. It's hitting me. It's something kind of I'm longing for. But when I'm in this place of seeking him, he starts to speak to me directly like, hey, Otsenra, I, I really want you to go on the streets and start praying for people in Olesen. And uh, for me, that was so scary. But he didn't just speak to me. He actually spoke to two other guys in the church at the same time. And uh, there was two people actually I spent a lot of time with. And I shared what God has spoken to me. And they said I felt the same. So the three of us started to just go in the streets and start praying for people. And uh, it was so bad. <laughs> 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 oh, we, we had so many mistakes. So we like we still have mistakes, but like we did so many weird stuff. And uh, But... Um, God really um, shaped us and molded us and, and just uh, did a lot of good stuff in us at the time and just killed kind of pride and just... Uh, Being a fool yeah, for Christ, just right? Just making us such fool for Christ because we did so many foolish things. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that was like kind of... Uh, that season in life has really shaped me and changed my life, my lifestyle. Because like going on the streets was just a start to to bring it into my daily routines, my daily life, you know, to pray for people at work or wherever I'm at, you know. So, um, mm. yeah. Sounds really interesting. And I guess that's a little bit also what we want to talk about today, like really having this lifestyle of living out faith in your everyday life. And it sounds like it's really started small. It really started when you surrendered your life to Christ. And then you started in the quiet, in the empty place to seek God and to start to listen to him and learn to listen and then trying to go out and pray for people and maybe look foolish in the world's eyes. But I mean, it has to start somewhere. And as kids, you can't walk the first day. You have to, tr you have to learn to walk. So in this way of living, how has that kind of continued? And can you share a little bit around this, like living out faith in everyday life? Yeah, for like every year, it's kind of been growing and growing, maybe except the last year. And um, talking about the relationship with God, and I think that is our main call in, in life. It's to spend time with him, you know, 
eat and drink from him, like eat his daily bread and living water. And because we, we need food to survive, we need water to survive and we need him to, to get going. And I had like this event in my life as well, which uh, happened like um, a year ago, which has been doing a lot in me uh, as well. And that's when God just suddenly took away all my kind of passion and hunger and willingness to pray for people and to share the gospel to people and to just like everything was like kind of taken away from me. And I was like, what is going on? You know, because I've come into a place in my life where I have starting to live with routines and just living a way I felt I should live. So praying for people, mm. sharing the gospel was suddenly becoming just something I felt I should do. And I was just doing it on my own instead of actually hearing him and being led by him. Like it's not wrong to just go and pray for people, but uh, <laughs> on your own kind of, because I believe God will be with you. But it was like kind of my whole life. Like my relationship with God is like, I feel that I didn't kind of, I'm coming into a position in life where I don't kind of need him. Like when I became pastor, I really needed him because I needed help. So I went to him, mm. but suddenly you're starting to handle things in a good way. And suddenly you're like, you're not so in need of him, even though you are, mm. <laughs> but, you, but you think you, you don't need him. And, and suddenly I'm just starting to live like a Christian life, but lacking my relationship with him. And when he took away everything, like I, I freaked out, but uh, I was asking him what's going on. And, and then he told me like, do you see like everything you have, I have given you, like you need me. And I've been going through a season where it's been challenging to pray for people. It's been challenging to share the gospel to people and just to go to people. And when the Holy Spirit asks me, I say, no, I don't want to. So in this season, God has just been, I think he's doing it on purpose because he wants me to see that I really need him. And now, thank God, I'm going into a season where I, I really want him. Like, I'm so hungry for him again. And I just want to get to know him more. And and I also, when I do that, I see just like the hunger for me to share the good news to people and, and get people to encounter his kingdom. It's just uh, growing at the same place. And um I didn't kind of answer your question now, <laughs> but um, to answer your question, I, I think uh, we need to grow in our kind of daily life in how to live on, on uh, his guidance and, and, and to, to meet the people he wants to meet. But it's about saying yes. And I think in the beginning, it's very challenging to say yes, because maybe you haven't tasted uh, how good it is, you know. So for me in the beginning to, to start live this life of uh, being kind of constantly ready to say yes to him was just to, to listen to him and then say yes. But many times in the beginning, still, I, I say no. But I remember when I started to pray for people at work, I really wanted to pray for people at work. It was so scary. I was so afraid to lose my job or... Everybody would just, um, yeah, be weird to me afterwards. <laughs> and then uh, suddenly there was a person going by my office every day 
limping. And every day he walked by, I'm like, oh God, I want to, but I, I don't dare to go over to him. And I, every night I just went down on my knees uh, and asked God like, you know I want, why are you not helping me to do it? You know, you need to help me. And then uh, after four weeks of him going past my office every day, suddenly I ended up in a situation where I came alone with him and uh, I was so scared. I was sweating, I didn't see straight, but I dared to ask him like, hey, does your knee hurt? I, I am a Christian and I, uh, I was wondering, can I pray for you? And I got the chance to pray for him. Nothing happened. And uh, I prayed one more time and nothing happened. And then he said, maybe you should make have Jesus some time on this one. His knee was like really swollen. It was huge. Mm. And then afterwards, I, it's good that he say, Maybe we should give Jesus some yeah, time. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, whatever. You, you may say, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm finished now. I'm just, like, this is just so awkward. <laughs> I'm sweating. Yeah. I need to go somewhere else. <laughs> but actually, afterwards, I, I went to the toilet, the man's toilet at work, and um, it's not the nicest place. And I actually went down on my knees, and and praise God, because it was such freedom, because I would just been holding back and holding back. To, to not do it, but wanting to do it. And finally I did it. And it was such a freedom at that place. And actually this was a Thursday and on Monday he didn't limp anymore. And I asked him like, I see your knee is better. It's like, hey, it's always better after the weekend, but he never limped again. But uh, a lot of miracles has happened at work. So I, I know he knows that it's yeah. Jesus. So, yeah. But he haven't given his life to Jesus yet, but uh, God is working with him. Sowing seeds, yeah. That's a so good story. I think you really hit something there, like, because I feel, as you say, like, I really have this longing myself to really have this boldness. Like, I have had it a few times, and as you say, it's so freedom after, like, even if nothing happened, you feel like, okay, I dare to follow what God is telling me to do or leading me to, and just being his servant. But yeah, it's so inspiring and also as you say like also what you shared before like having this season of just not wanting to do like i think it's so good for for all of us and to know that sometimes everything is not green yeah <laughs> the grass is not always green and even if we often share the the green stories <laughs> it's good to understand that sometimes it's just god challenging us to see that what you have taken for granted and doing your own strength I want to challenge that for you to come back to me. And it's out of love he does that, not out of something yeah. else. Because he wants the relationships. That's the core. Yeah, he, he wants us to live a life in abundance, you know. He, he doesn't want us to go just to be servants who um, carries a burden, you know. Because that's the law. We yeah. should live by the Spirit. And to where the Spirit is, there is freedom. And, uh, you know, I, I just love that God took away everything from me. Because he's leading me back to the right path. That's he always wanted us to lead us back to, to the path. And like, I remember he, when he took away everything, he said to me like, Otsindra, do you, do you think I would love you the same if you didn't go and pray for people and share about me? Do you think I would love you the same if you not, were not pastoring? And you know, like, because how often don't we think about like, God, do you, do you love me now? Like, where are you? You know, like, oh, I, I haven't been doing enough lately. And, I think like there is something <laughs> inside of us just like thinking that. And, um, and then when he said it, I was like, sure, God, 
of course you love me the same. You know, it was just like this, this silly question, but still I, from him just making me understand, of course you would love me the same no matter because your love is the same. And uh, no, he, he wants us to live a life where we enjoy following him. Yes, it's challenging. Yes, we can be persecuted. Yes, it, we, we can experience really challenging things. But still, it's worth it when we actually follow him and live how he wants us to live. Yeah. And also speaking about this, like how has this been shown in your church? Like you took over, you said some people left and, and there was some, yeah, it was challenging times. How have... How have like your way of starting to live and, you know, your kind of this kind of lifestyle and really seeking God, going out, praying for people, you and some friends, how, how has that formed the way the church work? Like, how have you modeled this way of living with the people in your church? Yeah. And what are the learnings in general, like by, by doing this and, and kind of, yeah, leading a church towards yeah. this way? I think when, when me and uh, Trin Hege took over the church, like I remember we, we said, okay, we well, let's do this for, try it for six months. And we wrote down a list of what we wanted God to do or like what we wanted to happen in the church kind of. And uh, I think it just one of the things were kind of, uh, <laughs> he, he kind of came through with, but he did so much else because like it was he who was leading the church and suddenly he started to, to put things into the church, which he wanted to be there. And I think one of the things was that he really wanted people to have a close relationship to him. And the second thing was he wanted people to start stepping out, to, to share about him. Good. Because when we fill ourselves with him, we want to give it out. And um, so as I said earlier, like me and two guys, we started to go out and we did it uh, for a whole summer while I was on my paternity leave. I was uh going with the two two boys and then we went over talking to yeah. them a good icebreaker with two kids sure it helps <laughs> definitely yeah. Yeah. and then uh then we stopped for a bit and then god started to to speak more and he said like um you should put up one evening every week where you dedicate a time to to go out so we started to do that and then more people started to join that because we things started to happen like actually we didn't experience any healings during my paternity leave the season. And when we started for every week, I think we went for six weeks, prayed for a lot of people, nothing happened. But suddenly uh, a woman with um, uh, back problems got instantly healed. And then things started to happen, you know, like there was such a faith increase for us uh, seeing that. And then uh, when we start sharing more stories, you know, and and then people getting more interested and suddenly we were a lot of people going out on the streets and um and we did that for a very long season for quite some years and um we we wanted this these evenings to kind of be a um, discipleship moment kind of to to bring it out to our daily lives and as you said like it's sometimes you you you, you step up to people you pray for them but other times we don't and it's challenging and and we see that like some people are, uh, me included, like we, we, we live for a season very, very on. <laughs> and then suddenly for seasons we are a bit off. But um, of course, my, my life has been full and we, we haven't had for the last couple of years, it's been a bit on and off this this every evening time. It's 
we, we tried with other people to lead it but but we see there's a culture now in our church that it's to pray for people okay we are not all there yet but that's okay we are growing mm. uh yeah but there's a culture that it's it's something that we want it's something mm. that we are longing for and sometimes we do it and, and sometimes we don't but um because i i believe that okay, everybody's not an evangelist <laughs> you know i believe everybody is called to share the gospel to share the good news and mm. can pray for people everybody can do that where family friends store at work i think mm. everybody can do that i think it would be such a huge impact to the world if this was just growing a lot yeah yeah and i think as you say like it's about modeling a lifestyle rather than like the way to do it like the way is to do this way or the way is to go on the streets or of course you can try the things and learn from it and then you can find your place like what are your giftings what kind of personality are you and how can you share the gospel with people in the way that suits you but still challenge you a little bit but you know like some people as you say they go out on the street and be all on you know and we need those and then we need those people that can do the one-on-one kind of talks with you know this colleague that really needs someone to talk with so but as you say like having this as a lifestyle to really i think everyone can do this but it's it's about finding your way of doing it and and maybe the church kind of historically or what you say like maybe we have not with purpose all the time but you know emphasis a certain way of doing the stuff yeah. <laughs> uh, praying for people but there are tons of ways and i think that's something we could talk even more about like helping people to find their way of doing it yeah definitely so actually like so we are still pushing for it like to to make it grow even more in our culture and and it's so cool to see, like, because, like, in Olsen, we have downtown vineyard, we have Olsen vineyard, but there's also um, a free church, uh, which uh, loves the vineyard. <laughs> and they have been inviting Mark Marks, and they've been uh, going a lot to Causeway Coast Vineyard, some of the people there. And there was one person who joined uh, something called Encounter School of Mission, which is going in, uh, yep. in, in Causeway Coast. So now, actually, uh, she uh, she talked about it, shared about it, and we were so encouraged and like, okay, we need to go for this. So this season now, uh, I'm praying for a lot of people from our church will partake in this school. So uh, and I know there are quite some people who will join. And I think uh, so. This is what we're gonna do this year to train people in this. Yeah. So yeah. me and and. Uh, for sure, some others from downtown and from the two other churches will partake in this um, Encounter School of Mission. And they have a high focus in this school to live out your daily life as um, as a light in your community, to share the gospel and to, to pray for people and prophesy over people and encourage people. And, and so during this school, it's just not to hear, but it's to hear and do. So we're getting homework every week where we're going on outreach, in all the sim from different churches i'm really looking forward to this season i think it's gonna be sounds really fun yeah it's so cool now i see now during uh corona time when i actually haven't had much time with some of the people in church i see god is moving still and i see people actually during this season have started to step out now and pray for Mm, people and share the gospel like it's so awesome yeah and i i haven't discipled them 
So no. <laughs> I love that. That's even better. It's just like God is just doing it. Yeah. And and like if you could send one last thing like to the listeners, like around this thing before we move to the end, like what would you say to us that are listening today? How can we as church leaders train and support and get this into practice in our churches to to help and model this outward focused lifestyle? Yeah. I think as leaders it's about to go forward and to go where others can follow. We, we cannot just talk about it. You know, like we, yeah, we Christians, we should go and pray for people. We should share the gospel. But if we don't do it ourselves as leaders, how can you expect others to follow? Mm. Because that's one of our main roles is to go in front. Mm. So I think it starts with us as leaders. If we want a culture like this in our congregation, we need to live it. And mm. we need to continue to live it, even though nobody else wants to live it. Because like, I don't want to force the fruit on everyone. I just want my life to be so fruitful that people just want to pick that fruit. That's so important. But what I see is that a lot of people want this. Mm. They want to to experience God through them. Mm. They want to be alike. They want to love on people, you know, and they want to love on people together with the power of God, the supernatural. I, I got this funny picture, though, actually, uh, a few days ago. Because I think a lot of people are not, they don't dare to taste it. They don't dare to try it. But it's right in front of them all the time. And actually in our house, we had a PlayStation 4 under the yeah. television for some years. But our boys, our six-year-old boys, they haven't been introduced to PlayStation. So they didn't know all the fun which was there, you know? And we, we, we never talk about it. And they didn't know about it. But then uh, now during summer holiday, they were home and I was working and I introduced them to PlayStation. So they had something else to do than just watching telly. <laughs> and then um, they had so much fun yeah. playing. And then suddenly they, they just start asking and asking, can we play? Can we play? Can we play? Can we play all the time? And I think that's how it is when you start praying for people mm. and you experience how good it is. You just want more of it. Of course, there's a there's a different uh, there's a spiritual battle in this as well. Someone's trying to stop yeah. us, so no one's trying to stop us from PlayStation. But <laughs> but uh, I think we need to encourage people to try it, yeah. to experience it, yeah. and they will want more. And you know, I, I can I can share this story just recently now, and because we had some construction guys working in our house, and there's been this young guy, and suddenly one day he complained about his back, and at that season, I didn't want to pray for people. So I just left. But then God really convicted me, like, you have to go back. I'm like, so I turned around, went back into the room where he was and said, like, hey, by the way, I I am, I believe in healing through prayer. I'm a Christian. Can I pray for you back? And I got to pray for him. And uh, the day after he came back and he said, like, you know, when you pray for my back, I have no more pain. It's all gone. I'm like, awesome. Wow. But still, I, I didn't want to do anything more so I like kind of just getting away from the conversation <laughs> that's how I felt but uh then um a month later or so he he came back to do another job and he was just really stuffed in his face and I'm like what's what's going on and he's like oh it's allergy and then uh, I'm like you remember what happened to your back I pray for a few people with this allergy and they have been healed can I pray for you again and he's like yeah sure and uh, I pray for him and I say like, okay, check now because he was really stuffed. And he's like, what? It's like everything just cleared up, just like in an instant. So he was like, everything was gone. He was like, 
totally well again, like straight away. And then I'm like, okay, I need to share about Jesus, you know. And then I start sharing about Jesus, what he's done in my testimony. And then I start getting words of knowledge for him, for his life. That has been really challenging. And uh, sometimes he, he thinks it's a miracle that actually came through some things. And then I say like, but I, Jesus was there and he actually, he helped you through this distance, even though you didn't see it. And he was really touched and he was like, you're so right. It's actually spot on. And then um, a few days later, he came by and he had no more allergy. Like he didn't feel it at all. And he had it for a little while. So yeah. it was all gone. And still it's gone. It's a month or so now. And then I just felt that the reason why he uh, kind of Jesus were, was there in those situations was because he had grandparents praying for him. And then he said, like, actually, I'm going to pick up my grandparents at the airport later today. And then I said, you need to ask him about it. So then the next day he came back. It was true. They have been praying for me all life. And he shared wow. everything what happened to him. And now he wants to come to church when we start up again in the season. He wants to to seek more into who's Jesus. And uh, so it's really encouraging, you know. Just, wow, uh, that's really encouraging. I think that's that's spot on, like just follow this first lead, praying, there to pray, and then you see what can happen afterwards. Thank you so much, Alcindra. I think this has been really inspiring. I mean, just to hear both, I mean, these success stories in a way, but also hearing, you know, the other side of their reality. I think it really shows like we are just human. And even if we want or if we want, God can use us. Yeah, so many good learnings this episode. And I, I believe many people will be inspired by this. But just to end this episode with the final question, like we usually ask, is that if you were to design something on a billboard for the whole world to see, what would that be? It, it would, must be something about leading people to jesus because like everybody is seeking for happiness and for joy and for comfort and and for all these things uh which makes us feel good but it's only jesus who can fulfill them and uh it, it must be something to drag people's eyes towards jesus you know because he's our answer in yeah. everything That's good. And thank you so much for being with us today. It's been so good talking to you. Now I have talked to someone from all the Nordic countries, not all, but from three of four, I think. That's officially part of the Vineyard Nordic. And then we have some other countries joining in as well. So really good to have you here. And uh, I just uh, hope that you will have a really good start in coming year of this uh, new pro uh, like Encounter School Uh, a mission and also with the church and the family and and everything and hopefully we'll see each other again next summer if not earlier so uh, yeah thank you it's been a joy being here thank you so much thank you for listening to today's episode if you want to follow the Vina Nordic movement and everything that is happening you can go to Facebook and Instagram and follow us under Vineyard Nordic You can also help us by subscribing to this podcast on the different podcast platforms. When doing that, you will also get an update every time we have a new episode out. So again, thank you and see you again next time. Bye bye.